Welcome to episode 261 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about August 2023. It's 2 effing 30, asshole. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to check out the Truth Quest podcast merchandise store, truthquestshirtfactory.com. Please consider purchasing one of our thought-provoking shirts. They're all $30 with free shipping. The biggest story of the month of August 2023 were the two additional indictments brought against President Trump as the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, worked overtime at the federal, state, and local levels to interfere with the 2024 presidential election. They have now normalized the introduction of indictments against Trump using novel legal theories. In other words, ones that have no legal precedent because they have never been used before. First, he was indicted by Special Counsel Jack Smith on four felony charges stemming from the trespassing incident on January 6, 2021. You know, the one where he told the audience to peacefully and patriotically protest? We found out after the indictments were served that a Biden staff member met with a member of Jack Smith's team before the indictment was presented. I'm sure all the loudmouth Trump-hating shit-talkers would be okay if the roles were reversed. Trump's DOJ indicting Hillary while members of his staff met with the prosecutor just to go over a few items. Mark Levin had this to say on Twitter. It's official. Unelected, reckless prosecutors and unelected Democrat D.C. grand jurors are trying to decide the presidential election. Democrat DAs and the earlier indictment, same thing. Talk about attempting to deny voters the right to choose the next president. That is what this is all about. Then a city prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, indicted Trump and 18 others in the 2020 election case. He was charged with racketeering over efforts to dispute the 2020 election results in Georgia. You know, by exercising his right to free speech. He said the same thing that lard-ass Stacey Abrams and devil incarnate Hillary Clinton have been saying for the last six years. He said the same thing that dozens of Democratic officials, talking heads, and members of the alphabet soup conspiracy media have been saying going back to Bush v. Gore. In the case of the Georgia case, the fraud which Trump and his allies claim has since been proven by an independent organization that examined the voter rolls in Georgia. They identify tens of thousands of votes cast by ghost voters, non-residents, felons, non-registered people, and dead people. Check out episode 145, The Truth About Georgia's Election Integrity Law, for a recap of the shit that went down in that state during the 2020 election. That Georgia case should be fun to watch as the real evidence of voter fraud is finally presented to a jury. See, despite what your useful idiot friends who get their news from the alphabet soup conspiracy media have been saying... All of Trump's previous voter fraud, election interference lawsuits have been dismissed for lack of standing because the case was presented after the election. Now that he has been indicted, he has no choice but to present the evidence of the extensive fraud in the state of Georgia that he lost by, what, 10,000 votes? With evidence of hundreds of thousands of fraudulent votes cast? Trump knows all of this, and this political hack city prosecutor is going to try to convince a jury that Trump was lying when he made his claims. Good luck with that one, you fascist hack. Even if that evidence did not exist, we have free speech in America, or we at least used to. So Trump and his allies can say whatever the hell they want about the election, just like Abrams and Hillary. The doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, has officially weaponized the judicial system in order to persecute and prosecute their enemies. Will Cain had this to say on Twitter. Free speech has been indicted. 
In one section of the indictment, it acknowledges that Trump has the right to say, even if falsely, the results were fraudulent and claim he won the election. That's protected by the First Amendment. But the indictment goes on to say that he can't lie about the election fraud, so they must prove Trump didn't believe his speech. And then I would think they need to indict every politician who lies about election results. The DOJ has criminalized politics. In an interview shortly after the indictment was handed out, Newt Gingrich explained that he had information that the White House called the Fulton County Prosecutor's Office and demanded that the indictment be announced on a particular day. Again, all the Trump-hating shit-talkers got nothing to say about that blatant obstruction of justice. One of the charges against Trump carries the death penalty, which is particularly interesting given that during the month, the DOJ dropped the death penalty for the 9-11 terrorists who are still detained at Gitmo. Yep, that's right. These murderers have been living for the last 22 years at Gitmo, and, and now the Biden administration decided to remove the death penalty. The Trump campaign hilariously raised $7.1 million in the few days following the Georgia indictment, selling his mugshot on a variety of items. Who can blame the totalitarian Democrats for their tactics against all things Trump? There is a lot of unconstitutional power and control at stake in Washington, D.C., and let's be honest, who's going to stop them? Kevin McCarthy? Mitch Thousand Miles Stare McConnell? Listen to the last episode, number 260, The Truth About the Root Cause of America's Problems, for a complete understanding of why the Dems are doing what they are doing. There is a ludicrous amount of unconstitutional power in D.C. that's at stake. Let's be honest. Do any of you think these people won't try to assassinate Trump if he keeps moving forward? They've harassed him, spied on him, censored him, libeled him, slandered him, impeached him twice, raided his home, indicted him, and he grows ever more popular with each maneuver. The left, the doomsday cult formerly known as Democratic Party, cannot afford to allow him to win because he upsets the apple cart in D.C. The only way to stop him now is to kill him. And coming from the same people who worship at the altar of child sacrifice by way of abortion, the same people who abandoned tens of thousands of people in Afghanistan when Biden ordered the retreat in the middle of the night, the same people who are pushing the war in Ukraine despite the deaths and maiming of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian and Russian soldiers. These are the same people who push to transition your child to the other agenda without parental consent. These are the same people who push the often toxic, sometimes deadly experimental so-called COVID jab while denying that there are serious adverse effects. These people called riots mostly peaceful. These people don't give a shit about human life or property. They are almost satanic in their quest for power. They have no moral compass. They worship little g-gods like abortion, the environment, the government, certain politicians, and even certain celebrities. So why wouldn't they cheer if Trump was assassinated? And I'm not the only one saying this. I've heard both former Secret Service agent and popular radio and podcaster Dan Bongino and Tucker Carlson raising the same concern recently. Oliver Anthony hit number one on the Billboard chart during the month with a song titled Rich Men North of Richmond. This is the first time in history an artist did this without ever being on the charts previously. How can that happen, you ask? Well, because the dude literally came out of nowhere. A recording of him singing that song in his backyard went viral and the world went nuts. In the midst of all the chaos, he turned down a multi-million dollar record deal from some big label in Nashville, I think. He's just a dude who was struggling with substance abuse. He was working a manufacturing job and he recently found God and started writing music. Now he's internationally famous. 
The song is described as an emotional protest against political elites in Washington, D.C. Some of the lyrics include, These rich men, north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do. And they don't think you know what I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Cause of Richmond, north of Richmond. I wish politicians would look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat. And the obese milk and welfare. God, if you were five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not pay for your bag of fudge rounds. How can you not love a guy who writes and records a song like that? Did you catch the Jeffrey Epstein reference in the lyrics? I wish politicians would look out for miners, not just miners on an island somewhere. Wow. House Republicans released a new set of bank records which show that Hunter Biden, other Biden crime family members, and their associates were paid more than $20 million by Russians, Ukrainians, and other foreign nationals while Joe was serving as vice president. And guess what? The Trump and America-hating shit-talkers have nothing to say on social media because they have no principles other than Democrats equals good, Republicans equal bad. The House committee has so far subpoenaed six different banks and received thousands of records. The records show that the Biden family and their close associates created more than 20 different companies, many of them while Joe Biden was vice president between 2009 and 2017. Hmm, I wonder why you might need almost two dozen companies, unless, of course, you were, wait for it, trying to launder money. According to Representative James Comer, the current chairman of the House Oversight Committee, the way that these payments were distributed to various bank accounts appeared to have the aim of concealing large payments from foreign nationals. In other words, money laundering. While we're on the topic of the Biden crime family, during the month we found out that Joe used unauthorized email accounts while he was vice president to communicate with Hunter and some of his business associates. That's a felony. We also, do, we also found out that Joe used the synonym Robert L. Peters in those emails. Oh, and Hunter? Hunter had his, his father's name in his phone as Pedo Peter. I assume that's a term of endearment. Apparently, when the feral dog first family sits around the dinner table, they think having pedophilia tendencies is funny. Kind of makes sense given the inappropriate showers Joe apparently took with his daughter Ashley that were documented in her diary and the alleged rape of Tara Reid by Joe, and the exposure of his drug and alcohol-addicted son to millions of dollars in drugs and prostitutes over many years, and given Hunter's affair with Bo Biden's widow, and given Joe's affair with Jill before they got married, and most recently, cocaine in the White House, and most importantly, Joe's clear and obvious sociopathic tendencies. None of this, none of this is surprising. Even the silence by the Trump and America-hating shit-talkers, who themselves are godless, makes perfect sense. How can they stand for principles and morals when they obviously don't care about principles and morals? As long as members of their team are doing whatever, even if it's illegal or immoral, they remain quiet. But it's okay to make shit up about the other team and talk about it on a loop for years. A father of one of the 13 U.S. soldiers killed by the suicide bomber at Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul during the Biden withdrawal from Afghanistan testified before a congressional committee during the month. Mark Schmitz, whose son, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, was killed during that suicide bombing, he had this to say about our sociopathic resident. Two years has gone by and where are we? To be frank, we're knee-deep in bullshit. 
is where we are. Everyone who held a key position in the military still has that position or has been promoted. John Kirby still sits on his perch, which apparently faces the opposite direction from where all the action was. Lincoln continues to delay key evidence by ignoring delay or delaying subpoenas. Not a single general slapped down their stars, which should have happened two years ago when Biden ignored his reliable intelligence. Not a single person has been held accountable. Our so-called leader can't seem to even utter their names in public, not even once. Mr. Biden has run his entire political campaign for 50 years as the family man. Well, I've got news for you, sir. The curtain has been lifting, and that campaign slogan will never work again. We have seen what's going on in your family, and even worse, we've seen how you've been treating us as Gold Star families. And there couldn't be anything more disgusting and cowardly than the way you have treated us. You are a disgrace to this nation. You have no business having ultimate command over our military, and I regret not saying that to your face when I had the opportunity in Dover. I felt it more, light, more important to bite my tongue, but I also had more important things on my mind at that time, like receiving my son's lifeless body stateside. While I stood there on the tarmac, watching you check your watch over and over again, all I wanted to do was shout out, it's too fucking 30, asshole. But out of respect to the other grieving families, I bit my tongue once again. Well, as you could probably tell by now, I'm done biting my tongue. You, sir, stole their lives, their futures, their dreams, and have ripped apart 13 families. You cannot even man up and admit that. You, sir, gave us all the title Gold Star Family. You, sir, discredit honor and integrity. Oh, and just in case you forgot or never heard, a U.S. soldier, a sniper who lost, I believe, an arm and a leg in the same suicide bombing that day in Afghanistan, he testified before Congress several months ago that he had the suicide bomber under surveillance and in his rifle scope's sight that day. They had tracked him over the previous days as he and his handler went on dry runs of the bombing that he would perpetrate several days later. He had him in his sights. He could have killed him before he set off the bomb, but no, his commanding officer declined to authorize the shot. I'm sorry to keep coming back to this point, and despite the fact that there probably aren't any Trump and American-hating shit-talkers listening to this podcast, for all of you who know some of these people, I want you to remember this incident of the many that these people conveniently ignore because the perpetrator is a Democrat. The next time your unprincipled, left-wing, Democrat party-worshipping friends and family poke their head out of their self-imposed gag order, whack them like a whack-a-mole game at the county fair. Remind them how they remained silent when shit like the massacre at the airport in Afghanistan went down, with their man at the helm perpetrating what can only be described as willful negligence in his duty as commander-in-chief. Remind them how many of them screamed like stuck pigs when Cindy Sheehan hounded George W. Bush over the death of her son in Iraq. She was the darling of the left for a year or two. Didn't she even run for Congress at some point? Where are all the Bush and America-hating shit-talkers now that their shit-for-brains resident is getting soldiers killed unnecessarily? While we're on the topic of our commander-in-chief, oatmeal for brains, sociopath in the White House, Let's examine the economy under his watch that he and his press secretary call Bidenomics. 
The alphabet soup conspiracy media continues to parrot the White House claims that everything is great in the economy under the guidance of resident Biden. Despite the fact of generational high inflation and interest rates, and despite the fact that Americans apparently are living off their credit cards, as a Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis report showed during the month, Americans now owe $1 trillion in credit card debt, a historic and obviously troubling record. Here are a few relevant Bidenomic statistics that you probably won't hear about on the alphabet soup conspiracy media. 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 30-year fixed mortgage rates soaring to nearly 8%. Fitch downgrades U.S. foreign currency ratings to AA plus from AAA. Keep listening to the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media and the press secretary hack, the historic John Pierre, that everything is awesome. Stick that head of yours in the sand if you must, because ignorance is no longer bliss, people. It's actually quite dangerous. It's dangerous to your health in the case of all the COVID lies, and it's dangerous to your pocketbook in the case of the economy. The next big story from August 2023 was the massive and deadly wildfire in Maui, Hawaii. The Democrat politicians that run Maui and the state of Hawaii, along with Democratic Senator Maisie Hirono, one of the dumbest members of Congress, and every major talking head, all of them blamed the fire on climate change. Climate change caused a deadly wildfire in Hawaii. That was and still is their claim. Now, before I walk you through the horror of the fire and the ineptitude of the politicians and law enforcement in Maui, I want to spend some time on this question. Why the rush to claim that something that is undefinable, i.e. climate change, caused the fire in Maui. Why the in-unison claims? Well, you see, the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party are softening us up for the coming Biden declaration of a climate emergency. One thing I've learned after following national politics for over three decades is the Democrats rarely surprise us. They tend to broadcast their next moves in the media, kind of like a litmus test. With that said, have you not noticed all the hints by Joe himself and the number of other puppet masters floating the idea of him declaring a climate emergency via executive order? Do you need a refresher on executive orders? If so, check out episode 256. Why are they floating this idea? Well, because of something called the Lever Food and Fuel Act of 1917. Look it up if you dare. It's a World War I-era law granting the federal government broad powers to seize control of, among other things, food and utilities. You know, because we're in the midst of an emergency. See how it works? Declare an emergency and gobble up more unconstitutional powers. Again, check out episode 260 for a rundown on that. Think about it. We had Canadian wildfires, which of course were exacerbated by the country's lack of forest management. This was followed by a month-long gaslighting and propaganda campaign where we were told on a loop that July was the hottest month in the history of the world, which of course was a lie and unprovable. Around that same time, we had unprecedented wildfires in Europe. Climate change caused fires everywhere. Not so fast. We found out during the month of August that over 70 people had been arrested for coordinating arson to set those European fires. How much you want to bet that in a few months we find out that these ass wipes were all funded by some left-wing climate organization? Back to my point. Canadian fires, propaganda and gaslighting campaign, European arson. Then we had the deadly Maui fire, followed shortly by Hurricane Idelia. 
all along the way. We have President Biden, Democrat talking heads, and the alphabet soup conspiracy media hinting about a formal declaration of a climate emergency. After all, you can see how bad everything is. It's a, it's an emergency. It's a climate emergency. And just in case that plan falls through, they have the new COVID hysteria lined up to be deployed. All of this effort just to wrestle more and more freedom and liberty out of the hands of the people and into the hands of these totalitarians who just can't seem to leave us the hell alone. They just keep molesting and pushing and prodding. Why? It's simple. They seek power and they seek control. They literally cannot help themselves. It's scheme after scheme, gaslighting, propaganda, and censorship. These people are sick and dangerous. Here's an interesting question you might pose on your social media or to your climate change worshiping friend, spouse, or colleague. How many cars, gas stoves, and air conditioners were in use in the United States in 1900 when the deadliest hurricane in the U.S. history hit Galveston, Texas? We've heard for years, don't question the settled science about man-made climate change, despite there being no evidence that the planet is being detrimentally impacted by us parasites that live on it. These people are tireless, one-trick ponies. Every solution to their fabricated climate change crisis is more government, more control over your life. All along the way, they escape having to back up their claims with evidence or answer any questions from critics. They are pathetic and should be roundly ridiculed and mocked. As Dan Bongino is fond of saying, cutesy time is over. Let's circle back to the Maui fire for a minute. We are told that climate change is to blame, of course, without a shred of evidence presented. But what really caused it? Well, it would appear that inept and or wicked politicians shoulder most of the blame for the death and destruction. And given that the entire island of Hawaii is a Democrat stronghold and bastion of green energy initiatives, resident Biden had this to say a few days after the massacre. No comment. Yep, the resident of the United States responded to a reporter's question about the fire with no comment, which makes sense if you understand what a sociopath Joe is. Number one, he knows not to speak ill of another Democrat, which of course is the entire island of Hawaii. Number two, the dude is mentally ill. He is a sociopath. He cannot display empathy for others. His brain isn't wired that way, which explains a lot. Like how a loving father could treat his crack and alcohol addicted son as an asset rather than as a son in order to collect and launder millions of dollars derived from his influence peddling operation while exposing his son to drugs and prostitutes, as I mentioned previously. Anyways, after a couple of weeks, Joe got pulled away from his Delaware beach where he has been spending a significant amount of time lately. He was able to spend some time in Maui. During his five hours on the ground, he commented about the hot ground compared that death and destruction to his house almost burning down and almost losing his cat and his Corvette after a lightning strike some 15 years ago, something that did not happen. And he checked his watch again during a memorial service. Sound familiar? It's two fucking 30, asshole. The truth about the Maui fire is still rolling out. Local and state officials have not been forthright with information, so clearly they are hiding something. I'm waiting for those missing puzzle pieces before producing an episode on the tragedy, but here is what we know as of now. To survive the Maui fire, locals had to disobey police street closures. Some survivors only made it out alive by ignoring road blockades put up by local police. 
One survivor said, quote, the gridlock would have left us there when the firestorm came. I would have had to tell my children to jump into the ocean as well and be boiled alive by the flames, or we would have just died from smoke inhalation and roasted in the car, end quote. We also know that dozens, if not more, children likely were burned alive at home alone because the schools had been let out due to the fires. The other thing we know for sure is the same lack of forest and land management employed in Canada and California, where oddly enough seem to be the only places where out of control deadly wildfires are always occurring. That same strategy is also employed in Hawaii. See, to the environment-worshipping leftists who run these states and country, they don't clear underbrush each year like responsible civil servants who care about their fellow man not burning alive or losing their house to a wildfire. Not in California, not in Canada or Hawaii. They would rather sacrifice their constituents' lives and property to the environmental gods than prevent these fires. These are some sick freaks. Just as the media and the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party have been hinting about a climate emergency, they're also hinting about trying to return the nation to the COVID hysteria, mass mandates, testing, and drum roll, please. More vaccines. Headline, CDC says new COVID-19 variant could cause infection in vaccinated people, proving yet again that the COVID jab is not a vaccine. Headline, CDC doubles down on plans to recommend annual COVID-19 shots. Headline, Biden wants everyone to take new vax. The whole COVID narrative has been thoroughly discredited, and yet here these tyrants go again, literally proving the point I made in recent episodes about useful idiots. The Democrats know that 50 plus percent of the population fall into that category. Otherwise, they would never pull half the shit they do. Back to COVID. We know about the lies. We know about the fraud. We know about adverse effects. We know about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. We know about the censorship of the truth. We know about the ineffectiveness of cloth masks and the impact they have on young children. We know that social distancing was completely fabricated. We know what lockdowns did to tens of thousands of small businesses and how it stunted the educational development of millions of children. And despite all of that, they're going to bring it all back for one reason so they can steal the 2024 election. They need to ensure that mail-in ballots are used heavily again so they can stuff the ballot box with fraudulent and illegal ballots to guarantee victory again. Ghost voters, non-resident voters, dead voters, unregistered voters, etc. This is another example of what we discussed in episode 260. Too much power, money, and control in D.C. Corruption and illegalities run amok. One of the things that makes this so maddening is that during the month of August, a DOJ lawyer representing the FDA said during oral arguments that the FDA, quote, explicitly recognizes that doctors do have the authority to prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID, leading me to post this on social media. Now that the FDA admitted that ivermectin can be prescribed to treat COVID, doesn't this little charade, referring to the drive to build back up the COVID hysteria, doesn't that look like a charade? Are they really going to power through and ramp up the hysteria once again, given the fact that we now have a certified, effective, over-the-counter treatment? Then later in the month, the FDA clarified that it had not authorized or approved the use of ivermectin in preventing or treating COVID-19, but the cat's out of the bag. Of course, they can't authorize its use for COVID-19. Otherwise, the emergency use authorization for the sometimes deadly, often toxic, experimental so-called COVID vaccine would be illegal. And never forget how the government and medical and pharmaceutical groups threatened their members who did prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. 
These people committed crimes against humanity. Let's wrap up the COVID discussion with some headlines from the month that you didn't read or hear about from the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media. Nurse reveals that the COVID vaccines killed nearly 20% of patients at her facility. COVID victims' families sue Echo Health Alliance for funding and releasing virus. FOIA shows the government bribed OBGYNs to push poisonous COVID shot. One in 35 recipients of the mRNA boosters got heart damage. Emails reveal that Fauci knew Chinese lab was conducting risky experiments. Serious doubt about COVID-19 vaccine safety after forced release of 15,000 pages of clinical trial data. U.S. military confirms myocarditis spike after COVID vaccine introduction. FDA lawyer claims FDA has sovereign immunity against liability for false or misleading statements. I need to stop right here. Is anyone else bothered by the fact that an agency with exclusive rights to approve medicines in a country can also claim to have no liability for its recommendations? Hello? Is anyone home in D.C.? Again, if shit like this bothers you, I encourage you to listen to episode 260. It'll, it'll infuriate you. I just mentioned the reason the newly invigorated COVID hysteria is so the Democrats can steal the 2024 election again with fraudulent mail-in ballots. Well, file this under what voter fraud. During the month, it was reported that two weeks prior to the 2020 election, a woman dropped off more than 10,000 voter registration forms with the city clerk in Muskegon, Michigan. The number of forms was a red flag for the city clerk and Meish because there were only 4,000 unregistered voters in the city. Ms. Meish called the police, triggering an investigation by the Michigan State Police. An October 26, 2020 police report from that probe recently surfaced after Michigan State lawmakers obtained it through a Freedom of Information request. Turns out the woman worked for an organization called GBI Strategies that operated in multiple states, paying canvassers for voter registration forms. Guess who the top contributors to GBI were in the 2020 election cycle? The Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, DNC Services Corp., Democratic Party of Iowa, Black PAC, and Biden for president. The police report revealed that GBI Strategies was hired by Empower Michigan Project, that shares an address with the Michigan Democratic Party. Also in August, Judicial Watch released the results of a study of voter records, which found that 14% of Illinois counties have more voters than citizens of legal voting age. In addition, the entire state has close to 800,000 inactive voters still registered. And finally, Heritage Foundation maintains a voter fraud database that some of you might like to check out. It's available at www.heritage.org forward slash voter fraud. Currently, it reports the following. 1,400 proven instances of voter fraud, 1,200 criminal convictions, 48 civil penalties, and 25 judicial findings. You are now armed with a little bit of information to refute your useful idiot friends and family when they start spewing the approved narrative that the 2020 election was clean as the wind-driven snow as they ignore all the irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities that occurred in several democratically controlled counties in battleground states like Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Nevada. The bottom line is Democrats can't win nationally without cheating. Their policies are stripping people of their liberty and freedom, looting the national treasury, leaving the border open, killing babies in the womb, unwillingness to define what a woman is, and the demented obsession with transitioning children from one sex to another 
All of that's unwildly popular with upwards of 70% of the American people who identify as normal. I've produced a number of episodes on voter fraud. Check out episodes 104, 122, 130, and 131. The final story of the month is absolutely glorious. And by glorious, I mean a story that demonstrates the complete lack of self-awareness, the shallowness, the idiocy and stupidity of the leftist political ideology. The city of Chicago, which has been run by Democrats for what, over 100 years? The city of Chicago, which touts the highest rates of violence and body counts in the country. The city of Chicago, whose leadership is perfectly willing to allow the criminal element to run wild inside the city limits is suing car manufacturers Kia and Hyundai over a sharp rise in car thefts. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson, who ran for office on a platform of doing less to fix the out-of-control crime than his evil and pathetic predecessor, Lori Lightfoot, he argued that the failure of Kia and Hyundai to install basic auto theft prevention technology in their models is negligent. This is another example of the issue I raised in episode 258 about useful idiots. Much like San Francisco, another formerly beautiful and desirable city run into the ground by Democrats, Chicago's elected leaders can literally be full-blown communists who articulate their desires to defund the police and crush capitalism, and the useful idiot Democrat voter base will continue to pull the lever for these corrupt, evil, and dangerous, and truly negligent politicians who refuse to punish criminals and then sue manufacturers of products that are being stolen because... People are breaking the law that they were elected to enforce. I mean, the level of mental illness plaguing these people is utterly mind-boggling. Or perhaps they are smart as a fox and figure they can continue not enforcing the law, allowing the criminal element to run the city, kill dozens of people every weekend, and get reelected year after year. It's just not bad enough yet for the people of Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, New York City, Oakland, or Maui to vote for people who will protect and serve them. And that's the truth about August 2023. It's 2 fucking 30, asshole. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and visit truthquestshirtfactory.com.